0: The Team Never
1: Quit podcast is sponsored by Navy Federal Credit Union. Navy Federal Credit Union's cash rewards card will help you slay this season. Learn more at NavyFederal.org.
2: Alright everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Team Never Quit podcast. Marcus, John, how you guys doing today? You know, man, blessed and unstoppable. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Hey, we start every episode off with a Patreon question of the day. Kind of just gets our our gear spinning. It is 10 o'clock on a Monday morning, so sometimes you need that little extra. I've got, this episode is dropping in December, so I've got some kind of holiday questions for you guys. Were you the kind of kid who tried to open your Christmas presents early to see what they were?
2: I never – did you do that,
3: Dave? I was a straight-up sneaker around the house, man. I was <laughs> ninjaing it around. I was searching out the stuff, like, where could they possibly hide this? You know, what? I was on a mission from a young kid. Yeah. And, and the parents were countering always. So, yeah, I was
1: – <laughs> I would definitely shake the packages. Like, Oh, yeah. can I Can I hear what it is? Can I uh, guess? Yeah. You shake things,
2: huh? Yeah, I was a shaker. <laughs> what is
0: that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I never got – no, I never did that. I never did it. I, I have the greatest video of my daughter – we had Home Alone on the TV, and that, that jingle was playing. Yeah. And literally, I videoed her going through every package, shaking it, kind of twisting <laughs> it down. and At the very end, she turned around and saw me. and It's one of my favorite videos. She must have been four. Uh, but I, no, I never did it. I think I was scared to death of my pops. Or finding something in their closet next to the oh, present. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, our, our parents are crazy, man. They had some weird <laughs> stuff in the closet.
1: <laughs> what? Okay, so that rolls me to the next one. What is your favorite Christmas movies?
2: Oh, Christmas Vacation. Day one, week well, December first. When that rolls in, that's the first thing goes on the television. We have a list now, but that's the yep. go, that's the go to right there.
3: Christmas Vacation is awesome. Yep. You know, the kids also. I, I'm a huge Wolf Feral fan. That guy cracks oh, so yeah, me up. Elf, that's <laughs> yeah. a mandatory so one
2: too. A Christmas uh, story is New Year's Eve through Christmas. We don't watch it up, and you have to watch it on that day. It's got some. We got some weird rules.
1: Which one? Because isn't there several of them? The one with Ralphie. There's only one. Yeah. The
0: Christmas. Yeah, with the Red,
1: red Rider. Red Rider. BB. The, thank uh, you. That's why I'm most BB seals gun. become
2: seals. Red Rider. The uh, lamp. <laughs> yeah, Elf's great. Uh, the uh, all the Home Alones and then Die Hard is obviously a Christmas movie. anybody yes. says not, I mean it obviously is. So is Lethal Weapon. Thank you. That it has Christmas yes. in it, it does. <laughs> you're right. It I does. Didn't think about that. I, I put a lot of thought in this. Yeah. I mean, I have it all written down. We have a different <laughs> Christmas true. movie every day.
3: Will well, uh, Ferrell's the best older, man. Like older, Daddy's Home. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, that's yeah. A Great yeah. man. So yeah. good. The kids got older, we introduced the whole – I'm like, look, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. we got to be watching this. So (laughs) we introduced that right – it's about the time they hit like 10. I'm like, yeah, you're good. Mm
2: -hmm. All right, okay, you made it. (laughs) All right, son, you're almost a man. I want to introduce you to what Christmas is all about.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, well, we've got a great guest in store for you guys. Dave Sears is a United States Navy SEAL veteran with more than 20 years of tactical and strategic experience. He has planned, led, and executed hundreds of special operations missions in more than 40 countries on five continents and received numerous awards and decorations for his service in the military. Dave, welcome to the show, man.
3: Thank you for having me. Really, really an honor.
2: Yeah, thanks again for doing this, man. It's always a pleasure when we get teammates on just hearing the stories. And now that yeah. we back it up too, uh, the best part is when we start to talk about bud stories. It's like, all right, man, let out, you can let it out now because I failed a lot of stuff going through buds. And then when I became a team guy, I was like, I never failed to run, I never failed to swim. I was the best in buds. And, this, <laughs> 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 and then when we get out, everyone, every, every team guy knows that's that's bullshit, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, but that's a, that's a great thing about buds. I mean, we're buddies. Yeah, I did
3: the I did the correspondence course, so I wrote in and took my test that way. It seemed to be yeah, online? a much easier path.
2: Yeah, online. <laughs> one of the on- online frogs. Yeah, I remember when that when that came online, and then they started. There was that time when they were paying the guys to go back through Hell Week, or not back through. Excuse me, the guys coming up got that bonus if they made it through Hell Week. We didn't get nothing kicking the ass.
3: No, I was what was I, I was one ninety one. I was I think the hardest buds class ever. Course. Hardest buds ever. class ever. <laughs>
2: So I've been talking, I've been razzing the new guys about uh, any, any, any buzz class under 300. So the first 300, we had 300 Spartans and the first 300 buzz class, those were the real hard ones. And then everything after that, I don't even want to hear them talk. It <laughs> doesn't even count. It not even count. They don't have a cool name like we do.
3: Yeah, they're doing it on Zoom now. That's it. <laughs> go, go jump in the cold shower. Yeah. That's great. All right, shower 20 minutes. Now go out there. Yeah. <laughs> go.
2: <laughs> go get your kid's sandbox, jump in mom's deep freeze.
3: That's right. Exactly. You, where where were you ever, born? I was actually born in Chicago, but only lived there for a little bit. Then went to uh, Philly, Philly area, and then up to Harrisburg. My dad was a corporate guy, so we moved around like that. But then I ended up like junior high and high school, kind of formative years in Colorado, just south of Denver in the foothills. Do do corporate
2: do y'all? Do they have nicknames like military brat, like brats, like are military people move around? Do corporates have uh, the same thing? You know,
3: I I don't know. I never. Y'all have a club no, like I never like heard military one. brats. So you, are brats. you city? What's that? Then you, you grew up in the city. Then no, no, in Colorado I was out. Oh, in oh I'm the sorry. Okay.
2: I, I, all right, all right. I was going to ask. Yep. I mean, like when you when you figured out you wanted to be a frogman, because people ask me that question. Like, was is the difference between you city kids and the country kids and the mountain boys? I'm like, man, we're all in there. There's like smart guys, like real smart guys. There's, there's we got dumbasses that you know become smart, and we got everybody.
3: No, there's a, there's such a good mix. So it wasn't. I mean, I knew even from a young age, I I did live in the city when I was in Pennsylvania in Philly and Harrisburg, but it's, it's the same sort of jungle. So you're doing like, you're running around shooting at each other, but this time you're hopping over fences and roofs and running across tops of garages and stuff and getting in all sorts of trouble. And then when you go to Colorado, I'm more in the woods and we're out like playing paintball and shooting at each other and running around on a golf course and throwing rakes at each other and. Um, trying to hide, play capture the flag, you know?
2: Yeah, those are the guys that make it. Because we did the same thing. I I tell people, if you live in the country, your ass better have a city friend if you can get one. I mean, at at least sometime in your life. Because you can't believe how much fun you can have. There's different
3: smarts that goes with the city. Completely.
2: And you're right, it is a jungle. Either a concrete one or we actually... In the concrete jungle, they put the animals in cages and they live around them. Out here... We live with them. I mean, them suckers are running <laughs> around. It's a so you've got to keep your eyes on them. And just survival is kind of tough out here. But it did. I I noticed a lot of the skill sets that I picked up as I was growing up, running around out in the woods. That that helped me going going through training and in the teams for sure. For sure, How old yeah. It are you? does, and it's good
3: to have that mix. You know, you'll get the guys that are. We, we had one guy. You know, his nickname was whatever, some animal. Uh, but he could now, nav- He was a Louisiana dude who yeah. could navigate – Didn't need a compass for anything. You're like, how the hell? This guy knows where he's going all the time. He's just knew the woods and knew all that. And I I had that advantage too. I knew the woods and I kind of had this sense of direction about me that really helped later. And then I had some urban background too. And guys have that. So it takes it takes all kinds and it takes it to come together as that team you're pulling from everybody's best experiences.
2: Yeah. That's that is an absolute true statement. I didn't think about it like that because that, we talk. We're always talking. So not only do you get their perspective, you get the, wh- where they come from perspective. It's yes, like boiling exactly. down the truth. Like someone would tell me grew up in the city, he'd tell me something that's true there where he has to grow up. But Not fact, but, tr- but truth, which is kind of, that's a hard discernment. And then when we get in there and we started rolling together and something happened, you get all those different angles for the same problem. And, and, and that's when those light bulbs, because you could have one instructor trying to explain something and maybe a couple people get it. And then some people just aren't hearing it, but if everyone's coming in on it, they're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Now I see what you're talking about.
3: No, you're right. Those perspectives are important, right? Think about when we went back to before we had all the nice drones and things like that and shit flying overhead. Well, we used to do these recons. Oh yeah where you tried to get a 360 degree view of the target, right? You had to wander around that target, send your little two man teams out to get all the angles you could. Well, that's the same thing is you're trying to find the truth of that target and those different perspectives. And when you bring them all together, you get a full picture because it is all the truth is everybody's truth is their truth, the way they see it and the perspective they see it from. So when you bring those together as a team and these diverse backgrounds, you get this really powerful thing. That's why they had to do what
2: they the, to create us to beat the way they beat us down is that humbleness that comes in there to, to, to hear, when you're hearing those because you don't, you don't give a damn about anything else. You want to hear them talk because the day sucks so bad, and not only that, you kind of understand their perspective because they could they could say something to you, you mean like I I didn't get I didn't understand that part of it. How how, how'd you, how do you how'd you come about that? right yeah and then when you start to see that it opens it up to where man the argument stuff's off we don't have to deal with that man if, if i don't understand something you're saying i don't get pissed off about it i need to understand why you're saying it
3: yeah exactly it, it needs to all kind of come together i got into watching this with my son he started and my daughter watches it too you, you ever watch that show forged in fire oh, oh yeah. yeah love it okay so you're taking these different metals, right? When they do this cancer thing, they're combining these different steels or different types of metal and putting them together. And they're making these Damascus blades or these different things, but it all has to weld together to make that solid tool. So you're taking all these different parts from the teams, you're breaking them down in buds, and then you're making those welds into one block and you can't have those cracks in it. You can't have fissures. It's gotta be done just right to get that perfect blade.
2: Yeah. Just to beat it. That's budget. Just when they're beating us, that's the, the, the melting, this, the smelt, whatever that thing's called. Yep. And then when we get in there, that's the sharpening, dulling, polishing out part.
3: Exactly. They're, sure. they're making those welds good so that they get one solid block that then they can shape and it's going to freaking last. I was
2: talking about this the other day when that, when the, so you take the British SAS and you take their outline of what their special forces was and the one that we had and put those together. You can kind of have an idea of what it's going to create, but the, when those things combine together, you don't have any idea what the middle part looks. I mean, there's something about that program when them guys come out. One, the sense of humor is completely changed. Normally you put somebody through a program like that, you, you, they're gonna need to shrink for a long time. They don't, we don't. We're oh, our we own don't shrink. shrink. I, it's, it's unbelievable. Because I try to tell people some of the stuff that that they don't see on TV. And no matter how many books are out there and the TVs and the movies, stuff, you know what I'm talking about. There's the other stuff that we have to go through that, that we don't even bring it up. It's like, that's our privilege of being in the community. And what that freaking creates, you could have never imagined how, how... I think about that. I'm like, how did we even exist? How do we make it through that without not only losing our minds, but we're proficient at what we do?
3: Right, it is an amazing... project. It makes this brotherhood. It makes that solid piece of steel that you have so many bonding experiences and the it is the humor in the misery right you're with your teammates and you you learn to embrace the misery and actually love it yeah a lot of times you come out on the back end and you're like that was so fucking miserable miserable. it was awesome (laughs) it was so awesome I yeah. say
2: that sometimes people look at me like I'm crazy I'm like, I oh, know you don't get it, man. But if you understood, like there are a section of us that are designed for that. They're specifically designed for it, man. And when we get into it, it's like getting fed.
3: And it is. And you'll see guys will like you see this in Buds, right? Classes will come together when they're getting hammered the most. Most
2: of yeah. them.
3: And they're really getting it and they're yelling at it. Like, we had ones in like third phase where we're they we did something that pissed off the instructors. We had, Oh, we, we left one of the instructor surfboards back. We didn't load it on the plane going out to the Island. Yeah. And Oh man, he was hot. Yeah, so he is- had us in surf torture and us in third phase and people were all the whole class is just yelling at him. Screw you. Yeah. We ain't ever going to quit. Go to hell. <laughs> I mean, pissed yeah. and bonding.
1: Dave, how did you get started? Like, tell us about your childhood and why you wanted to get in the teams in the first place.
3: Yeah, it was a, I mean, I was always into, you know, I was reading the Mac Boland books growing up and these, you know, stories about Vietnam and stuff. I had an uncle that was in Vietnam and I was always fascinated with special forces in general. You know, it started with sort of the Green Berets and then I started reading about the SEALs and you'd see all these different experiences. I knew I didn't want to be part of, a the the conventional sort of piece and marching with four thousand other guys to take a hill and just one amongst you know thousands. I wanted to be part of something that was more. I was always an independent thinker, uh, so I started pursuing going to the military to pay for help pay for college. So I had a an ROTC scholarship and I had a, a, a alternate appointment to the Naval Academy. So I looked at it you most alternates make it. They flew me out there for a visit and everybody's in uniform and super military. And I was like, I can't do this. Uh, this is too military. This isn't for me. Like they're all yelling the same things together and they're all sort of marching in mass. I, I would never survive here. So I went the ROTC route and initially I didn't have 2020 vision. So I thought, Hey, I can't even go seal teams. This sucks. Uh, but I'll go EOD or diver, or do something, serve my time all that. And then as luck would have it, you know, my roommate's stepbrother was a SEAL who had gotten out after five years or so and was going to Harvard Med. And he's like, what are you doing? You don't need 2020 vision. Go into the SEAL teams. I'm like, hell yeah. So now I'm back on that track. And it was just always a natural, I didn't want to be part of the crowd. I wanted to be part of this unit that was special. I wanted to be part of some sort of a brotherhood that was able to make independent decisions that encouraged creative thinking that was filled with just other smart people. And I I never looked back.
2: Bless the American people for developing a program for some guy for guys like us. Because when, yeah. when you kind of go down the checklist of what it is that's in that sucker, every one of them calls to you. It's like, oh, yeah, I'd love to do that. Oh, I, I really like to do that. And it, the, the-
3: yeah, exactly. It challenges. You know, it's a challenge physical. It's it's a mental challenge. It's you're surrounded by incredible people. It's a very rare air to be in. I mean, there's not many people who do it in reality. And you just look at all the. It just fit. Like you said, there's this kind of checklist you're going down going, this fits.
2: And I'd also say that there was, because there's some things you look at and you're like, oh, man, that could be cool. I I could check that out. And then there's things where it's like, I have to do that. I I, I mean, that that calls to me every piece of that. And that's how I felt about it. The more I read, the more I wanted to read. And I think that what that does is that builds up that excitement because when we get in there, that's the first thing that leaves. <laughs> 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 so, I mean, you got to – that first day, it, no matter what you read or what you think, it's like, whoa, it was intense. But um, I, I remember having that feeling, though, absolutely 100%. Were you, yeah,
1: phys- the- were you physically prepared for that? Or, like, were you athletic guy or did you, do you think you were ready for that?
3: Yeah, I, I, I was, you know, and the, the guy who helped me out was actually gave really good advice. You know, he, he talked about the whole never quit pe- like, Hey, how do I make it through butts? He's like, it's easy. Don't quit. That's
2: all they'd say. That's it. Don't quit. It's easy. He's like, it's
3: not, it's really hard concept to execute, but it he's is. like the whole, that's all, that's all the advice I'm going to give you. I'm not going to tell you what goes on there. You, you won't want to go if you know. <laughs> Okay. So, no hey, that's true. Like, <laughs> and it,
2: even if we didn't, like back in the 1900s, we just had like one documentary, the silent option and all those
3: books. Exactly. And you know, shit,
2: man. You're gonna be like, <laughs> what is this? <laughs>
3: like, How is this happening? How Are is this legal?
2: Me? I mean, I'm pretty sure this is crazy.
3: I don't know. Yeah. And so you physically, I was good athlete. I wasn't stellar athlete, but I played like three season sports. So I had, you know, a good background in sports and athleticism. I was strong, but not the strongest. I was fast, but not the fastest. I wasn't breaking any records. I was, you know, even in buds, I was right about top 20, 25% or so. I wasn't crushing the record or running five minute miles or, you know, benching 300 pounds or swimming Olympic times. Cause we have those guys. They're in there. They they are in there. They get special attention for sure. But you had, but what he's telling me is that you're physically good enough to do this. It's all mental after that. So you've got enough physical fitness and a lot of people do. And it's not, that's not the deciding factor. The deciding factor is your mental attitude. And are you going to quit or not? I mean, that's, that's it. Bottom line.
2: I remember one of the, one of the instructor farmer, I'll never forget him. Great guy. Wasn't a big, like, you know, most of our guys walk around, even if they doesn't matter the up and down it's there. They're, they're and he could haul – you know, one of those cheetahs we had in the speed runners? Yep. They would just – they make the best BUDS instructors because they just crush everybody. I was like, man, how do how, how you run so fast? He's like, man, I don't know, man. I can just run. That was his advice to me. <laughs> <laughs> just run and the, Yeah. And then the other one, they always said, it's easy. Just don't quit. And
3: are like, God, okay. of that. Yeah, that's their advice. Don't quit. We had one instructor say, who was really, – he later became my troop chief at grew. Um, we went through became really good friends, did a lot of work together in the later years. And I remember him showing up. He was an instructor there, pretty new, and he came out for the run. He was one of these cheetahs, but he'd come out smoking a cigarette. Oh, yeah. Yeah, had hey. a cigarette, and he's like, Tongue Let's over. go, gents, <laughs> off in boots and soft sand. Dirt. And he would take off at this clip, and you're like, What the fuck? We'd circle up and he'd grab a cigarette from the van and he'd be like, Hey, and then he'd cheat it back out again. And, you know, years later, I run into him, and he ends up becoming my troop chief in, at Dam Neck. And same guy, he's awesome. Yeah. He's just incredible. You know, we did some incredible shit together. And they all want you to succeed. Is yeah, that's one like, of the things people don't get either. Right? You know, they would prefer to graduate an entire class, yeah, every all single of us, one.
2: Right? Yeah, sure. But they
3: they also want to weed out who doesn't, who's not the diamond. Yeah, it's not the
2: personal, The program's the program. And the blessing is, right. it is the is the, the those instru- the instructors when they get it because most some of these guys are the I mean the most likable best guys but they make the biggest asses I mean they, they come up there are some creative ways to punish a human being and budget instructors <laughs> budget- <laughs> you're, you're you're allowed to allowed to
0: hone do the in that to
2: watch that stuff how could you not go in there and have the best day and laughing just at what what the yeah. students have to go through and when you're going through it I mean it's misery it's hell it is. And the minute they t- you're allowed to turn around and see, it's, it's funny how different that is. I was talking to some yeah, guys, I, I was like, I, was I a Navy SEAL bef- the day before I got my Trident? And they're like, no, you weren't. Reason being is because everyone else has to acknowledge that. and grant and, gra- and grant us our p- that. They have to grant us that. No matter how much we train, if you make it to the last day of training and they don't acknowledge the fact, they, they, that's how you know, then you're not one. And it was that's that's the deal. And it's, it's such an empowering thing when somebody recognizes it because then you then it, that confidence sets in. I, re, I remember it. That was the one thing I got when they handed me that that confidence is set inside him. And I looked down and saw that bird on our chest because you're not allowed to touch it beforehand. Uh, like the instructors will chase you around, try to pin it on you and you don't even want to touch that sucker. Uh, it's gotcha. bad. You know, it's yeah, like one of the voodoo it, on
3: yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. And who, you know, when, I, when I went through, it was still a different program. They didn't have the... Uh, did you go through the SQT? I was the that last was... class
2: to have to go through a trident board,
3: and oh, okay. So, I, so I, had, yeah. I had
2: my trident board, got my trident, and then my brother was the first class to get theirs out of SQT.
3: Okay, yep. So that's a di- you know it's a different system. There's yeah. a whole I. You go to the team, and you're under like at least a six month probation, yeah, at least. Where all your peers, these are all your peers and the people you're going to work with, and it's the same for an officer. All yeah. the enlisted are sitting there going. No, we want you to have it or we don't. And mm-hmm. so you feel this, you're joining this community and part of you're accepted into this brotherhood by your peers. And it's not just some metric and you pass some test. Oh, yeah. They have to give you the sign off and go, you're accepted,
2: yeah. now get to work. Uh, yeah, check to get to work. My, when, the, when they showed up, when that first class showed up with their tridents on their chest, I remember the chiefs took them off and put them in a, we bought a bird cage put them in in the birdcage and hung it on the ceiling <laughs> so they could come look at them. <laughs> and then they would show up the next day and the and the door would be open on the cage and all the tridents would be out like stuck
1: in the ceiling and oh, be like, man, you
2: better go find your bird somewhere. Sucker's <laughs>
1: flying oh, that's, that's a, awesome. Good times, man. So you talked about obviously being physically prepared, essentially, uh, but you talk a lot about the mental toughness aspect. And I feel like a lot of our listeners out there, kind of just the regular guy, struggles with that piece. What what kind of advice you know, could you give to our listeners about that piece of the things, you know, piece of the puzzle?
3: You know, I think it's, um, so in, in my book, I actually write about all the seal maxims and the different pieces we've had. And I take them from different perspectives and never quits one of those. Right. So that is about, you know, delaying your immediate gratification and, Having a long-term intentional sort of goal is what allows you to never quit. And you have this attitude and you go, hey, what is my intention and motivation behind this? What am I doing? And then you have to, depending on the circumstance you're in, scale your future. Meaning at BUDS, some guys had to go, you know, hell week. They would go day to day, meal to meal, evolution to evolution rock to rock, light pole to light pole, push up to push up, whatever it takes, as long as this is adding to your future and where you want to go, you just take that next step to get there. And that's what, take the next step. That's the never quit piece. And as long as it's adding to you, then you're good to go. And I, I, but I also talk about the opposite side of this that people need to understand as well. We don't live in a world of absolutes. So there is moving on from something that's detrimental to you and that's not quitting. So if you're in an abusive relationship, if you're addicted to drugs or something like that, that's okay. Move on from that. That's not quitting. So the difference, how you tell the difference? Right. I, I say it is quitting. You're going to have a regret. Yeah. Hey, you'll know so it. if you, You'll, you'll, you'll freaking know, it. know it right you, then you and there. You'll know it. Yep. When you move on from something, it's a fresh start. You have no regrets. So moving on is if something's damaging you, it's time to cut that away. We've all had toxic people in our lives and different shit. And you're like, I'm not quitting our friendship or I'm not quitting our relationship. I'm moving on. It's not on me. This is no longer helping me get towards my goals.
2: Or I graduated or I I leveled up or I upgraded. I mean, whatever you need to tell yourself to where, like if you were going through school, would you keep going back to school once you got your job and, like, concentrating on the— No, no, no. There's, there. Just like with us. We wouldn't keep going back through Buds.
3: That's right. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't do that. So you have, but that never quit sort of attitude is one step after another. You just keep putting that foot forward as long as it's getting you towards your goal and it's not hurting you. And I'll take some guys and compare it to, um, you don't want to get into the stupid range of things in terms of like, think about some of the guys that climb Mount Everest, you know, a lot of guys or do mountaineering. They go up there and they make this climb and a lot of guys have been killed because they're never quit attitude. So they're not being smart about this. The weather changes, shit happens in the environment. You gotta take that into context and you go, sometimes it's best to go ahead and move back and come back another day, you know, alive. So that's not, you got, it's a really fine line of what's quitting and what's not quitting. But quitting definitely leads to regret because you gave up because it was too hard or too uncomfortable. Moving on, is it was damaging you and not good for you and you'll have no regrets. So, you know, one step in front of the other is really how I remember you do
2: it. when we learned like going through Hell Week. I thought before I was in the teams, I thought if you made it through Hell Week, that was you were a, a Navy <laughs> SEAL. Come to find out, that's not even a damn thing. And it's a hard, It's so terrible. And all we got was a damn t shirt out of it. That's it, a freaking t-shirt, man. And then they're they're back on you. And the and one, then they're thing, right back on you. Yeah, right back on you. And you're right. The, the no absolutes, there's only one that I've, I've seen, and that's change. And those cancel yes. each other out, right? So if you don't like the situation, it'll change. If you like it, it'll change. And we didn't, I remember, I don't know when, I, when we learned this part, but the only easy day was yesterday. What you truly mean is like some people dwell on the past. I'm like, yes. Uh, like years back, I'm like, did y'all, I was like, man, we don't even think about yesterday. It was so damn miserable. I don't want to think about that because, you know, today's here and it's kicking my nuts. And tomorrow, even though I don't know it's going to, if I'm going to be here or it's going to be here, it's probably going to be something I got to deal with, not the back end. And we got really good at eliminating that. Yeah, and you I, do.
3: And that's I think that's how you come out of this saying yeah. is you cannot – so you equate the only easy day was yesterday. I equate it to you don't drive your car looking in the rearview mirror. You know, you glance in that thing for some reference and some learning, but it's the road ahead. 95% of your time is spent looking at that road ahead and dealing with that. And that, whatever was in that road behind you doesn't guarantee if that road was straight or if it was curved has no bearing on what the road in front of you is going to be. So now you got to navigate it. Right. And you have this future mindset instead of this past mindset. And that's what people wallow in this stuff where they think, they often think, you know, one of the psychological things is that we think that our current state, just like you said, Marcus, is change is the only constant. And so the state you're in is going to change. The freezing cold that you're in and surf torture, it's going to change. It's going to get better. You're going, It's going to change again and you're going to be back in it. Where you're at now is not where you're going to be forever. So it will change. Keep moving forward. And it'll change.
2: I remember how much we learned to appreciate the good times because when the hard ones showed up, but then they also taught us to have a good time in those because then we get to activate with each other. That's right, and it wasn't work yep. to us. And I and, and this this, uh, this 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 only applies to other team guys, man. But like when we're out there and like one of our buddies is really suffering, it's so we're there suffering with them, but they make the best faces and they say the most miraculous things when they're when when the when the Stress is on us. Yeah. That's kind of why you get, we sit in it just to hear those stories <laughs> and like, man, guys will complain in the funniest way. And then when we have to go actually do something, your mind completely turns off of it. We shift back and then we get back home. And it's it's like, yeah, it was, it was all worth it. But I remember when they taught us to every time an evolution, we would fail something or guys would die and they would bring them back like in the pool. They're like, hey, you want to quit? You're like, no, I don't want to quit. And they throw them back in there. Suckers are drowned again. Pull them back Yeah, out. You want to quit? Up until the point where, if someone tells us you need to quit something, we turn them off. You can tell me to shift to something else, get, But if you if you put something in front of me and, and you activate me on, I, and then tell me to quit it, uh, that's that's a problem. And I didn't yeah, pick exactly. that. I didn't pick that up with us until later in life.
3: No, and yeah, it is. It's the dog on a scent yep. that they turn you on to that, and they get. They're just really bringing that out in people that exists in every guy who made mm. it through Bud. So all they're doing is honing oh, it yeah. and bringing it out in you. Cause if you don't have that internally, no one can give it to you. Right. So we're just going to hone it and kind of bring it out and make sure that it's, you know, it's at the forefront of your mind that, you know, you can read amazing stories of adventures around the world or seals or, or, you know, other special forces or war. The common thing on all those stories, you never hear the stories about the people who quit. There's not like some fabulous story about some, you know, amazing battle or whatever it was that everybody just laid down and quit. Those people get forgotten and they don't make the stories, Right. right? It's in those situations. You never, I remember one I had, um, we were, we were going, we were doing this, um, ship attack. So we were supposed to be diving in and come into the ship and all meet, climb the ship and then, you know, take down the ship. Right. And we come in and we drop our draggers under the thing. And we start my partner and I start swimming under the pier to go link up with everybody else. And I dove under one of those trellises, like one of the trellises. Now I don't have my kit on anymore or anything like that. I just kind of was sinking under It It's like two feet underwater. And I go dive down and go under this thing. And I start to come up and I'm caught something on my kit had caught on that. And I'm like, a foot below the surface of the water and I'm struggling. I'm pushing back down. I'm pushing back up and I'm getting to the point where, you know, the gulping thing we do. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm out of air. I'm trying to trick myself now and start gulping and sit there and go, I can't believe this. I'm going to fucking die a foot. I can see like the surface. Yeah. So you have a choice. You're like, am I just going to sit here and do, or, am I going to fight with every last piece and not quit? So I kind of calmed down and then tried more things, tried more things, kept gulping, kept gulping, pushing, shoving. You know, I was going to break that trellis if I had to. Yeah. And eventually it lets loose and up. I come. I pop up. There's my swim buddy. Hey, what the fuck were you doing, dude? Let's go. Yeah. That's the like, best hey, part. <laughs> where was I? For, I, I, dude, was I was like, what do you think I was no, doing? No, no. I <laughs> that's a there. That. Yeah.
2: Looking for lobsters. He's yeah. like, What the fuck are you yeah. doing? Yeah. Making all that noise. Quit fucking around. Excuse my language. I'm sorry, man. But that, he's like, man, I was dying. I almost died. I did die. I was drowning. I was trying to, because you don't care if you get busted. It's almost like, game off. Let's, let's. And then your swim buddy rolls up. He's like, man, you're making too much noise. Be quiet. You're like, I'm dying. I don't even care, dude. And I mean, that's the funniest. With, I don't know what that is. and how Because most people be like, man, are you all right? Let's get a hug in there. And they're like, quit messing around. Let's go.
3: Yeah. yeah. It's brilliant. And you, and it's, so it brilliant. Is. it's a different way that <laughs> you look so at life brilliant. and that misery and the shared piece of it. And, and you know, you know what you recognize too, a very unique thing, I think, to the teams is, well, not, it's probably not just unique to the teams, but you really learn to recognize the difference between complaining and bitching. Oh yeah. Those are different, very different things. Very different. So that humor, all that stuff, you know, when that guy's miserable and he's He's just bitching to vent and yeah, he's yeah. being humorous. Yeah. But he's not complaining, not complaining and yeah. wallowing in his own misery. So no nobody wallows in their own misery. Guys won't tolerate that. They bring you out of the butt. You can be funny as shit bitching during stuff. Oh, and those are, the best.
2: Those they are say, the best. They
3: say a bitching sailor is a happy sailor.
2: So when you start <laughs> hearing somebody complain, listen, because the comedy that rolls out of that is, is amazing. And that, the funniest thing about his story is if you know if there's a list of guys behind him, he's like, look. Look, like the boss is drowning up there. <laughs> 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 how much longer how much should we How much longer you thinking?
1: he got? Oh, man. Dude. Should, should we get him? No, no, no. Let's see. Nah, nah. <laughs> He's got it. Let's see how <laughs> he does this. <laughs> no, or you're, no, no, you're
3: hypothermic or whatever. I had that <laughs> Oh, because you know it's miserable, <laughs> right? Yeah, it had to be. That's the only time oh, we're that engaging. Same, is that same sucks. one, that same op, dude. it was... Uh, I'd slept in poison ivy like the night before. Mm, so man. I was like, fuck this i'm not wearing a wetsuit i'm not just going to trap that stuff in there it's only going to be a short dive oh dude uh i'll just skin it and i'll get you know the salt water on it will be good
2: it'd be good, no. uh, good.
3: what well, was going to be a 20 minute dive <laughs> turned into an hour i'm like no. freaking hypothermic shaking still doing all this stuff i can't stop shaking i gotta climb this ladder and dudes look at me like Dude, stop shaking, man. You're not going to be able to shoot anything. <laughs> <laughs> I like, stopped shaking. Fucking my core temps like friggin' ninety.
2: That's another thing you can't explain how that feels like when that, mm-hmm. when that, yeah. Cause then when the court, when you really get cold and miserable and then every little thing that, that and it's the little things that go wrong that it really upset us like that kind of stuff. It's yeah. not yeah. what you would think. It's not that big stuff that no, people would normally freak out about. It's the, you know, the little poking on the back. kind of that, that.
3: Yep. Yeah, it does. Exactly. And you, you're right. You can't explain it and you can't, it's very difficult to explain the cold to people. Right. to explain the, especially, you know, I see people who do the the cold tubs and shit like that. Yeah. You're like, that's cool. You get a sense for it, but that's voluntary.
2: All right. Yeah. It's also doing something different to you because the whole concept is different.
3: Yeah. You're now imagine getting in that tub and you don't know when you're going to get out and they're not going to let you out. Or once you get out, you're going to go do some other activity and do this. And you have no time frame on it. You don't know. That's one of the things you do. I think one of the brilliances of buds and in the initial formation of us is not knowing what that future is, not knowing when you're going to get out of that water Absolutely. so that you're ready to deal with adversity till whenever, and you're ready to deal with this that's a great change point. That's, yeah, that's going a great to happen. Point. If I give you a timer and go, Hey, you're going to be, we're going to do surf torture for the next 10 minutes. Well, that's different than we're going to do surf torture till somebody quits or I get tired.
2: Yeah. And it's called surf torture. So you're like, you're going in, the, your mindset's already de- around the fact that you're getting tortured. It's set up that way. If they told you, it's like, hey, we're to put you in the cold tub because I love you. I don't want your muscles to be sore for 10 minutes. Go. I mean, that wouldn't even be a thing for us. Exactly. But the way they, like, they okay. get into our heads already and they push us into that state. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. And throw you a constant curve. They Third make man. sure that you can't win. Um, so when, when you think you can't, and they'll, but they'll give you wins because we go back to kind of, it pays to be a winner, right? We right. want to teach you that all you want to do is strive to be a winner. And then when that's all we're teaching you, we're going to make sure that you fail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then you got to pick yourself up from that. You can do every single thing, right? And I, we saw guys, I'm sure you saw this guys would get so frustrated and you're going, what are you doing? The game's rigged. Don't be frustrated. It's this is the best, roll yeah. with the punches when they would, and the guys who couldn't, they quit. Yep, yeah. we did everything right. They asked, we showed up on time, and they still sent us to the surf. And, and you're like, Dave, this is how it works. If Come they on. start, if, they,
2: if one of the crews started winning so much, like to prove themselves, then they would start losing more. They would, the instructors would make it that way yeah. just because you're trying to outdo your team. Yep, that, that that's what that teach. They don't tell you that. Yeah, but they say it pays to be a damn winner. And <laughs> hey, like, you stay up all night polishing that floor. and They walk in with some sand with a hole in the pocket. And look at this sand right here. And what's that all about? You, people would lose their minds. Yeah. And it's designed for that specific reason.
0: It's it like is. somebody put, whoever put that win
2: loss in your mind. That, that was the problem, that expectation. So when they, and that's another thing you said, I didn't think about that either. When they take the future away from you, like it's only yeah. the now, like I can't, I don't have time to think about it. I, I, like you're constantly, I don't even know if I'm going to make it past this. That mm-hmm. thing, everything changes when you're just focusing on the, on the now. Um, and
3: that's your, that's your time frame for the never quit idea is when it gets that adverse, you do need to revert to that present, get through that present and your future though. You can look way out and go, I'm getting through buds. So that's where I'm going. So right now I'm going to deal with the now, get through that to have this future no. later, but being that present, we got one, there was a, uh, so remember the, well, or were they on Tuesday? The inspections, the room got, inspection yeah, shit. Yeah. Was it depending on the I, phase?
2: I, but mostly is that Monday, then Tuesday kind of time to run. Yeah, I don't know if they changed or it, it.
3: Did whatever. So, you know, everybody used to go take their uniforms. They go to this. uh What was it? the AB Bright or A. B. whatever. AB
2: Bright, yeah. The van. That, that's yep. right, right. AB Bright, I think. Yeah, AB Bright. <laughs> they go get them
3: all. Start. You get your uniform all starched and shit. You could shave with that sun nice. Dude, look like
2: paper when it came out of there.
3: Yep, and sure as shit, you're gonna hit the surf every time. So. Week three, I'm like, I'm not doing this. You know what? I'm going to starch my uniform at home. I'm not going to spend another 20 bucks. I could spend that on beer. So I'm going to go iron my uniform, hit it with starch. It'll look great. So I do it in my room. I sit there and I starch that thing. It looks awesome in my room, right? Looks good. I show up in formation <laughs> and I'm standing in front and I look like a bag of shit. Right. <laughs> the instructors all look at it every single day. Dudes are pissed. They're looking at me like, holy crap. Now the enlisted guys are like, this is going to be funny as hell. And all the other officers are lined up and they're all starched up and they're like, dude, you're going to get us hammered. I'm, like, I'm going to get hammered anyway. Who gives a shit? But I had 20 extra bucks in my pocket and didn't have to write A.B. <laughs> the instructor looks at it and he's like, which one of these kids doesn't look like the other? And everybody's like, drinking Sears, what the hell? And so they <laughs> go, he is the only smart one in the group. Why are you dumbasses still spending money at A B Bright? Yeah. Everybody but him hit the surf. Right. So <laughs> in one way I won. In the other way, they just made me this whole now. I'm the folks that text the <laughs> That's class. they will piss your class off at you. Oh, right. That's, exactly. That's, That's brilliant. Yeah. And we, it's brilliant. We, we had one And then after that, A B Bright was done though. The yeah. Guys started doing their own thing. No, yeah. Like, okay, you guys are finally wise
2: enough. If we had some guys that weren't ready for inspection in the uniform, as soon as the instructors came ro- rolling up, the OIC would be like, "Roger that, hoo ya!" And then he, we'd go to the surf on our own and it, <laughs> <laughs> screw up the uniforms and be standing like, "Why the job We didn't even do the inspection." We're like, "Oh, I thought one of the instructors said hit the surf." You know, well, they're going yeah. to beat you anyway. <laughs>
3: they're going to yeah, beat yeah, you exactly. anyway. It doesn't man. matter what you do. Doesn't matter what you. They're going to beat you, and when you when you accept that then it's easy to get through. I've probably gotten more trouble and buds for laughing
2: yeah, at here. stuff. The
3: instructor said, uh, things that went on, then that, that is the other thing that you will find through nearly, I'll say 99% of team guys is they have an amazing sense of humor.
2: Humor, yeah. It
3: is in the darkest situations in the worst times. They have a, an incredible sense of humor and it's, and you see it time and again, and that helps you get through things. Yeah. It, you're not, Hey, it's, you know, it's life, man. You're not going to get out of it alive. Don't take it too serious, but serious enough.
2: <laughs> right. I, and every now and again, it'll come out on, you can tell we have it when it comes out at, at a different spot around people who aren't used to it. This one girl was telling me about a story about her grandmother. Had actually, she was flying a plane. She was almost 90 years old and she crashed into a lake. And she was telling a story, and I was like, that's awesome. You know, I didn't know. I was like, man, are you kidding me? Your grandmother. Uh, she, the story about your grandmother, <laughs> she flew a plane to a lake. You know, she was partying down like 90 years old. I was like, yeah. she looked at that as a bad thing. Yeah. You'll remember yeah. that forever. hmm yeah. And she's like, I never exactly. thought about it like that. I'm like, well, you should, because life is the way you said it is. And if you don't treat it like that, man, it can make it miserable.
3: Yeah, exactly. You don't wallow in it. You know, you you find the humor in it, and that helps you cope and move on through stuff. And it's. I think the, the, the diversity.
2: Uh, yeah, the diversity in our community is it. It teaches us about our sense of humor because I say that too. People are like, hey, what? Why do some guys make it? And some guys don't. And every team guy will have a different answer. But if you dig deep enough, we all we all get to the humor part. It, it usually comes up in the conversations, like you know, and then the humor is kind of we we kind of glaze over it. But I think it's one of the most important ones. It's like if you it if is. you got a sense of humor, they can change. And I mean. In the beginning, it's nowhere near what we've evolved into because it has to happen in the program. But if you know you can have that ability, then you you probably do well.
3: Yeah, and you (laughs) you get some of the guys that are... You will have some guys that are too serious. They don't have that sense of humor. And you see guys ping away. The other thing that we do is we find each other's weak spots and Mm -hmm. we ping at that chink in the armor until it's no longer a chink in the armor.
2: It's not even there. So,
3: I mean, it's the whole... And, and you get the guys. It's it's back to uh what was the movie? Stripes for, lighten up Francis.
2: Yeah, lighten up Francis. No,
3: so as soon as you're <laughs> lighting up Francis and he will ping away at those chinks until they either forge their armor tight or they go away. Yep. You know, and they don't have any holes in that armor. Because
2: right? yeah, if we're not it's, messing with you the problem. A yeah, if you're not getting messed with, that's the problem. For sure. Because that's yep. that's how we do it. Yeah, I always feel that around here.
3: Uh, I, I Trying to tell him that
1: shows you love. Yeah, I, get the, yeah. I get the poke often. Yeah, tell us about the book. Why, Why smarter, not harder?
3: Yeah, so I I started doing this business with a, a good friend of mine. He's a retired marine, and what we wanted to do was teach people how to think about complex problems and how to take these approaches to complex problems and the different sort of non-linear thinking tools that went behind that. And I was looking for a mechanism to kind of communicate some of these that had some standing behind it. So I took all these maxims that we say, these sayings that we have in the SEAL teams, and I just went through them and I reflected on them. And they kind of, a lot of them are like, a you know, you know, have you ever heard of the smokers who try to quit and they wear like a rubber band around the wrist, yeah. you know, a quick little reminder. Well, these things we go back to and you'll hear them through your community all the time. So I'm like, what do these mean to me? How do they apply to me in the SEAL teams? And then how can they apply to people in their lives and in business? And what can you get from the unique things we've been able to learn and take that and apply it to everyday people that are going about their lives, you know, whatever it is, you know, corporate people, husbands, wives, students, kids. I mean, I've had kids read the book and they can pull away from it. So the idea is to kind of communicate some of these concepts and what they mean, like in a double meaning. Uh, and and look deeper behind them. Like one I talk about is um, one that I go counter to is pain is weakness leaving the body. You know we hear this all the time. Yeah, that's the one that I say is total bullshit, and it's a terrible saying. Pain is pain. What's it's the alarm lights in your airplane going off or the check engine light in your car? You need to pay attention to that and do something about it, not just continue to fly or do whatever. But there's a difference between. Discomfort, uncomfortable, and pain, and learning how to tell that difference and when to pull back. And especially, and you know, some of it was me also, like in that one, talking to the community about the mental piece of things, because there's a time when you're broken mentally, whether it's from PTSD or TBIs, you know, an actual physical type injury that you need to recognize that's alarm bells going off. And you need to do something about it, not ignore it. So I take all these different ones, the smarter, not harder. I mean, the way the book's titled. That I'll put a caveat in there, and I say it in the beginning of the book is that harder is a prerequisite, doing being hard and hard work is a prerequisite. That's assumed already. That's necessary. What's gonna differentiate you? Because there's a lot of people working hard. What differentiates you is being smarter about how you work and how you go about things. And so reflecting on your own thinking, kind of how do you look at problems in sort of a non-linear way and non-absolutes. We get so many of these absolutes are out there, but the world's gray. And so I just go through each one of these kind of sayings that we have and associate them first through a team guy story and then associate them. This is how this applies to you in business and life. And it was just... It was something that I I thought I could kind of put out there. It's not, there's no algorithm, there's no checklist, there's no steps to success. It's just to pique people's curiosity and get them started thinking a little bit differently.
2: No, it's brilliant. It, it truly is. I mean, I, I, once I, the kids got on the ground and just, I started having to read the nursery rhymes, some of those have been around forever. And even if they come in different languages or the story might change, the main idea behind it is the same. And I, I, I kind of chased after wisdom my whole life. And when, usually when you run into her, you know, when the silver hairs, they, when you're like, hey, that's the wisdom, it's usually short. It's real short to the point. Yep. And like you were saying, if you have like the only easy day was yesterday it, it, that that title's there, but if you had every team guy write what that meant to them underneath that, it would all be different, but the yep. same. It would all be different, but the same. It's kind of like looking at something, seeing something and watching something I didn't even those are the same, but they're also very, very different and you're right, pain is weakness leaving the body, but pain will leave your body when it's done with you, not before or after and as, as when we were coming up i I tried to teach my kid this when he got his, he got bloodied up. Right. And then I got bloodied up after him, the same kind of same deal. He's like, dad, how come you don't cry when you, when you get hurt like that? I was like, well, I used to, I used to cry. But then I noticed that that pain was that pain with that wound and what it did. And it's kind of like when I'm driving down the road, when the belt, when the dashboard lights come on, I know what it means, but I, I know I can keep going. Right. And so it's like our pain threshold as with life kind of ticks upward. If you want yeah, No, you're absolutely right. It does. <laughs> it kind of ticks up with you, man. Because if you were having the if your pain times was that of a of a toddler, you'd be in trouble. Because I don't care how old you are, if you get into a situation for the first time, you'll react like a child.
3: Yeah, it's, no, it's a, you are. And that's I mean, that's the other power of the teams, right? We're trying to expose you to expose as many yeah, situations as we can so that you're not surprised by them and you don't act like it's a new situation. That's our training and everything else yeah. is hundreds of iterations of doing something to create these mental models in your head that allow you when you're in it, you're not fully surprised and you're able to, I say it's, you're able to respond rather than react. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, yes, if absolutely. you're doing, cause those are different, or, those are huge difference too. Huge difference, right? If I'm boxing with somebody, I want, I want to throw a fake to get you to react so that I can make my next move. Yeah. If you're good and you're like a, you Know, I know it. Maybe I'd be boxing with the guy, and I know I throw like a jab, and he slips in and under it. I'm like, okay, this dude's not that's not a reaction, that's a response, right? And he knows what he's doing, right? <laughs> okay, we're in for a little something here. So, there's a whole it's that attitude that you're trying to do, and the way we do it, and the way that you teach your kids, and the way that we learn and we constantly seek wisdom is through storytelling. Yep, 100%. I truly believe that stories that connects to people's brains that sets off dopamine centers. That allows you to remember. If I just give you a PowerPoint with all the bullets of wisdom, you don't, you're like, what? you're not going to retain that shit. But the stories that the seals before us told to us that our peers told around us, the stories start to give you the wisdom and they convey lessons that you remember. And you can internalize. And those stories are one perspective. Yeah. Of course. And I can you, always see mesh my, them all you know, you can see them blanket. in it.
2: That was the thing is when they were explaining it, you could uh, like kind of visualize them in it. And then yourself with them in it. And it, it helps perpetuate. That was the best lessons is when those old timers be like, all right, I got a story to go with that. You want to hear it?
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, really, I it. Everybody perked up and listened. Uh, right? Then they were really learning.
2: Yeah. Cause know. they were talking and, to you to help you. It's almost as if, talking about this the other day i could tell my my kid to do something he looks at me like i'm just like what and then you could be standing there right beside him and telling the same damn thing and it's like roger that you know what that was great (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and i whatever that that that's the universe and her ultimate wisdom i think they put that that barrier up but oh they do and
3: that's like people will ask me you know what's what's the hardest thing you've ever done or had to do and i'm like i tell you i think the most challenging hardest thing is being a parent, parent trying yeah, to parent. raise raise adults yeah and you're you are thrown for shit dude my heart rate like i jump out of a plane in the middle of the night ten thousand feet and my stupid you know i have a malfunction cutaway and my heart rate doesn't go up you know my kid runs out like towards the middle of the street when they're younger <laughs> my heart rate like rockets up to friggin once again i'm like holy shit what are you doing
2: what is that i know it same thing. After everything that we've been through, I'll be sitting on the couch and hear them smart off to their mom, be like, <laughs> <laughs> "Exactly <laughs>
3: what?" <laughs> yeah. it's, it's different it is lessons, the, different it training. It's an unbelievable challenge, and it's a uh, and it's one of it's very similar to the teams in that the highs are super high, yep, and the lows can be super low too, and so you find humor in it and you keep moving on and you navigate it, you don't control it, you know, and what's in the rear, like how many, I'm sure as you get up there parenting, same as me, I'm, I would venture to say same as every parent. You have some things you've done that you look back and go, well, I fucked that up. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> right. Are maybe do that in the
2: teams every day. I'm definitely gonna do it as a parent. <laughs> exactly. So that's all in the rear
3: view mirror though. Then you, you learn from that and you keep going. If you dwelled mm-hmm. on that with your kids, you'd be like insane. Oh yeah. You'd be losing your mind. You're like, yeah. sorry about that.
2: It'd make them miserable too. I mean, I, I couldn't even, that, that'd that be the,
3: that's right. Cause you're also setting an example oh. for them. You know, you're they're what, modeling what they see, what they do, what yeah. you do. And that's important. That's, that's what we try to do in the teams too. You, you modeled the behavior that you wanted the new guys to be, to have, and then all your peers, you all modeled each other's behavior. Hey, here's some of the general core values that we have. We spec, we expect you to have integrity, yeah. meaning meaning that you're going to be consistent in your deeds and actions, right? Um, the, or your deeds and your words are going to be consistent. Yeah. So that if you say something, your words, your bond, we expect that, right? We expect you to be there. We expect you to be there for your brother and we expect you to never quit. Yeah. And so you have these core values and you model those and you show that yeah. and we're, I mean, there's things that I saw, like, I think one of the things that team guys loathe the most is hypocrisy. They cannot stand oh, yeah. it. When, no, that, that,
2: that's a game changer right there, man.
3: Yep. And it's, and you see it in today's society and everything else. And guys, it is the, the biggest thing. And team guys have an incredible bullshit detector. Yep. And a nose for hypocrisy, and they won't always call it out, but they'll just go, "Oh, you'll know." Okay, noted. Yeah, got it. I see where you stand. Yeah, you're full of shit.
2: That's one of those that gets thrown in there. That it's real tough to. Oh yeah, especially with us. Especially with us, man. You lose
3: your dude. You lose your honor and you lose your credibility if you engage in that stuff. And we see that in the higher leadership a lot, and it's it's a problem.
1: Yeah. Dave, I'm going to put you on the spot, man. You got to leave us with a piece of never quit advice, maybe from your book, maybe from life. What piece of never quit advice do you have for the listeners?
3: Yeah, like I said, the control what you can control, you know, influence what you can influence, and then you navigate the rest and you keep moving forward. Future oriented mindset. And whether that time scale for you is one foot in front of the other. Or it's week to week or month to month, keep moving forward. You can change things. Things will change. So you just I mean you just gotta keep on keeping on.
1: That's it. Man, that was awesome.
2: I know it was good. Thanks, brother man, for doing that. How can people get your book? How can people support you?
3: Yeah, then go to dcsears.com and from there they'll see my business and they'll see the book and the links to it. It's on Amazon and you know, Barnes and Noble and all that jazz. Uh, I actually just started, you know, one of these things is I grow or not. I just started an Instagram account. I've been resisting this, you know, <laughs> social media <laughs> thing. So they can find me on Instagram. You probably double my followers
1: from like 10 to 20. We
2: will. We'll help you out with that. We're going to find a couple.
1: What's your Instagram? But, what's your Instagram we'll username? DC uh, DC Sears. All right, you at least got two followers in the room. So, you. Hey, there you go. We already got you a so, 10% you're increase. You're stuck with me, bro. We're, I mean, we're, <laughs> we're teammates. I can't get away from you.
3: Then then I guess I got I got to post stuff to it, right? That's right. So, is that, is that how that works. That's how it works, my <laughs> friend. Uh, so, we'll course, figure that out, you know. Teaching old dog new tricks.
1: That's awesome. Hey man, well, thanks for being on uh we love sharing those stories. Uh man, just taking the time. We appreciate it.
3: Yeah, I really appreciate you guys having
1: me. It's good to see you and connect. Thanks, guys, for listening to another episode of the Team Never Quit podcast. Make sure you share an episode with a friend. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. You can always visit us on the website, teamneverquit.com. You can get your merch. You can join our online community, our Patreons. You can follow us on social media and all that good stuff. We will see you guys next week.